Psalm 81 tonight, Psalm 81. Uh, look with me here at the title, please. Uh, the inspired title says, To the Chief Musician uh, Upon Gittith, or Gittith, uh, a psalm uh, of Asaph, a psalm of Asaph. Uh, so it's, it's penned by him, or, or perhaps for him, uh, and his use. Uh, no doubt at the, at the tabernacle. Uh, the title is uh, To the Chief Musician, uh, again, for, for worship uh, at the tabernacle. Then you have this phrase, upon gittith or gittith. Uh, it's not translated, but Mike, it literally refers to a wine press. That, that word uh, would literally refer to a, a press or a wine press. And so uh, it's thought that perhaps uh, it's upon the occasion uh, of the use of the wine press or the, or the grape harvest might be the idea here. That would, uh, whenever there was a harvest, Gary, that would be an occasion for joy and rejoicing and uh, thanksgiving and, and gratitude and, and worshiping the Lord. And uh, you see here tonight, really, there's, there's two major parts to this psalm. There's uh, the psalmist calling God's people to worship uh, to praise the Lord, to, to worship him in, in song by singing. Uh, and then the Lord steps in and he begins to speak in, in verse 6, Brother Steve, from verse 6 down to the end, you'll see uh, this, the speaker switches and it, it's the Lord speaking. And uh, he reminds of reasons or motivations uh, to worship him, to sing praises, Marilyn, to worship him in song. Uh, and then the Lord uh, has a message for, for Israel about their disobedience and how he uh, desires they would come back to obedient worship that he might bless them for their obedient worship. Now, brother, I understand that this was written by the psalmist who was living uh, under the old covenant during the time of the Old Testament, but certainly there's principles that we can see here tonight that are for us. The Lord desires that we worship him. He desires that we worship him in song. Uh, he desires to remind us of all the reasons that he's worthy uh, of being praised and worshiped. And uh, he desires to call us to be faithful in, in this regard and to remind us that uh, if we will be faithful uh, to praise and worship him as he desires, uh, he desires to bless us for that. That's all good. Amen. So I'm going to pray and we'll jump in here and make some observations. Well, let me, let me read through the psalm. Forgive me. I'll, I'll read through the psalm. You can remain seated tonight. Then we'll pray. Then we'll, uh, we'll jump in here, take a look. So uh, verse one, uh, just beyond the title, uh, the psalmist says, uh, of course, this is the Lord's command given to the psalmist, uh, sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, percussion instrument, uh, the pleasant harp uh, with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet uh, in the new moon, in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. Uh, for this was the statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. Uh, this he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt, when the people were in Egypt, uh, where I heard a language that I understood not. And now I believe the Lord is speaking here in verse six. I removed uh, his shoulder from the burden, the people when they were in Egypt. Uh, his hands were delivered from the pots. Uh, Thou callest in trouble, the people called out to the Lord. And the Lord says, I delivered thee. Uh, I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I think that's Mount Sinai. I proved thee at the waters of, 
uh, Meribah, Mount Hebron, Selah. Stop there, pause, consider that uh, for a moment. The Lord continues now uh, in verse 8. He says, Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee. O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship uh, any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. That sounds like a promise of blessings. Verse 11, but my people would not hearken uh, to my voice. The Lord is reflecting back now on times of when, when the people of Israel were disobedient. They would not hearken. They would not hear. Uh, they would not be corrected. He says, Israel would, would none of me. It had nothing to do with me. Uh, they're the idea. Verse 12, so I gave them up uh, unto their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Sounds like something we saw uh, Paul preach this morning in Acts 28. Uh, verse 13, oh, here's the Lord's heart now. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, uh, and Israel had walked in my ways. He says, I should have subdued their enemies, or would have is the idea, uh, and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters, verse 18, verse 15 of the Lord, uh, should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should uh, have endured forever. Verse 16, he should have or would have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, blessings, and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Miraculous blessings from the Lord if, if the people would turn to him. Let's stop there and pray, please. Father, thank you uh, tonight for uh, this psalm of, of Asaph. Lord, we know it's, it's ultimately of or from you. Uh, Lord, thank you tonight for the encouragement uh, to worship. Uh, thank you that we have the great privilege to worship you in your uh, very presence tonight. Lord, thank you for the wonderful songs, music that we have with which to worship you. Father, thank you for the reminder tonight of your worthiness to be worshiped and uh, the fact that you desire to bless those uh, who worship you as you desire. Uh, Lord, tonight there's an, an implication of, of the correction of those that uh, would not choose to worship you as you desire. But uh, Lord, we thank you tonight for the privilege, the great privilege uh, to worship you. Help me now, Father. I need that. Uh, I pray that you would just work in our hearts tonight, encourage our hearts, instruct us uh, from your words, and encourage us in our worship. Lord, we love you. We thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Look with me here back in verse 1, please. Uh, here the Lord commands that his people sing a couple of ways, I think. If you look at verse 1, the Bible says that the command is sing. What's the next word? A lot. What's the next word? Aloud. <laughs> sing, sing aloud. Sing, sing it out. Uh, this is a call here to uh, corporate worship that involves singing. It's not just kept inside. It's not just a kind of a singing in the heart. But the Lord desires that we would sing out to him uh, in our corporate worship. Uh, sing aloud unto God who is what? What are the next two words there? Our what? What does he say there? Anybody with me tonight? Brother Ray, can you see that there? Uh, our strength, Zachary said. Somebody else probably did too. Sing aloud unto God our strength uh, and make a joyful noise unto uh, the God of Jacob. Of course, we joke about that phrase, joyful noise, a lot. 
Gary, was it, we were talking this morning after service, right, about singing and uh, whether or not we had the ability to, to learn to sing. And I know you can sing. I said, I can't. Gary said, well, anyone probably can learn. And we said, well, maybe, but some people have more talent than others. We're talking to Michelle about that, right? And uh, praise God if, if he's given you the talent to sing. But uh, praise him also that uh, he knows how much talent he's given us to sing or, or not. And uh, he wants us all to sing out loud to him, uh, making a joyful noise. Uh, may I ask you this tonight? Even if you don't have a technically great uh, ability to sing, can you still sing out to him joyfully? Can you do that? You can, right? That, that's the heart, right? <laughs> Whatever comes out here is, you know, it is what it is. We have certain ability or, or not, but the Lord desires that there will be a joy in our hearts as we worship him in song. And listen, he looks upon the heart, right? I know he hears our singing, but uh, more than that, he's looking on the heart and, and, uh, and looking for that joy and that gratitude and uh, what is the condition of our heart. And I would say this tonight, Marilyn, I think if there's a great joy in our heart, Hearts, uh, our singing is probably better, amen? It's probably technically better, uh, regardless of, of what kind of ability or talent or training uh, that we've had. Uh, Lord, help us all to have hearts filled with joy from you uh, and hearts that desire to worship you uh, singing aloud. Let me give you a couple of cross-references. Write these down, please. Uh, Psalm 67 and verse 4. You can look there, but write, write the reference down at least. Uh, Psalm 67, verse 4. There's a command from the Lord also. Uh, there the psalmist writes the Lord's command. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing uh, for joy. A again, singing and joy uh, tied together. Uh, joy in our hearts connected to singing with our mouths. Lord, prepare our hearts to worship you. Fill our hearts with gratitude uh, and joy. Uh, there the psalmist says, For thou shalt to the Lord, thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern uh, the nations upon earth. Say law. Write this reference down, please. Uh, Gary, I, I find myself doing this when I say that. Apparently, this is the pastor's sign language for write this down. Write this down. We, Chris and I were in a store this week, and um, the 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 girl that was working the register, she was completely deaf, evidently, uh, and, and she had a whiteboard that she wanted to write on. And I, I, Brother Steve, my heart is, well, okay, that, that's fine, but teach me the sign. So I asked her to teach me how to say thank you. It was, it was like this. And, and how, do you, how do you say you're welcome? And it was like this, right? Th thank you. And does that sound, does anyone know how to sign? How'd I get on that, Zach? How'd I get on that? Psalm, Jeremiah 31 and verse 7. Let's just keep going. For thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness uh, for Jacob. Sing with gladness for Jacob and shout among uh, the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, uh, and say, O Lord, save thy people, uh, the remnant of Israel. Sing with gladness. Lord, give us hearts that are filled with joy and gladness uh, and gratitude for you. And when it's time to come together in worship, Lord, help that to just come forth out of my mouth uh, in our singing, our worship. I understand that God has various purposes for singing together. Uh, it's in Colossians 3.16, right? We see some of those purposes. Uh, as we sing scripture, as we sing doctrine, that, that instructs us. So there's kind of a horizontal benefit within the church that, that God 
God has, but the far greater purpose for singing is, is just to exalt the Lord, uh, to worship him, uh, to praise him, and uh, Lord help us to do that with joy. Look back at the verse, sing aloud unto God our strength. Uh, is he your strength tonight? Is he your strength? By the way, we, we do good to stop and ask ourselves that question, where am I drawing my strength from? Where am I really drawing my strength from? Uh, am, I, am I just kind of, uh, we watched tennis yesterday, and the tennis, ladies tennis this year was very interesting, and uh, the, the young lady that we had been watching was losing, and one of the commentators said, boy, she, if she's gonna win, brother, she, she just has to reach deep down inside and find, find what she needs to win. And I thought, well, that's, that's very humanistic, that, that's very secular. Uh, there might be some, something to that, but I understand that we are not called to reach down deep inside to find what we need uh, to serve the Lord and to worship him and to go on for him all the way home. We're not called to reach down inside. We're, we're called to cry out to him, right? To the God above uh, for the strength uh, that we need. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Uh, where do you find the strength that you need? Brother, I have to remind myself constantly to not just keep looking down inside uh, of myself, but rather looking up to the Lord. Do you find yourself getting kind of tired out and worn out and sometimes feeling like you're just not sure how you're going to go on one more day? Uh, right, we, we, we find ourselves there, right? And, and a lot, sometimes maybe it's because uh, of our health, sometimes it could be of, because some trial in our lives that, uh, that, that's wearing us down. But uh, I understand no matter what kind of trial or situation is happening in our lives, there is strength available in the Lord to go on today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day until we're home with him, amen? And when we don't feel like that's the case, that's a feeling that's lying to us, amen? Feelings lie, right? Our feelings will lie to us. Lord, help us to, to look to you to be the strength uh, that we need. I know we got lots of verses that we look at um, around this idea. I look a lot at Psalm 18 and verse two, you know that, write that reference down anyway though. Psalm 18 and verse two, you may know it, you probably know it, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Is that, uh, is Lord that for you? Is he all of that for you? Where are you looking to for the strength that you need? Mike, we have to be careful and, and intentional to keep being reminded, I need to look to the Lord. I need to look to the Lord. And uh, when I'm in the Bible, when I spend time in, in passages like this one, I'm reminded by the Lord, stop looking to yourself. Stop reaching, digging down on yourself uh, for what is, should be coming from the Lord. Lord, help me to bear that in mind, please. Uh, Psalm 28 and verse 7. Get that one down, please. This is how I got to the, the situation with the girl writing on the board. Uh, Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength. Amen. The Lord is my strength. The psalmist proclaimed that. Of course, he is ours also and my shield. He says, my heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth. 
uh, and with my song will I praise him. That's the same sentiment as verse one uh, in our psalm tonight. The Lord is my strength. I'm going to rejoice in that truth. Uh, and uh, in, in my rejoicing, I'll, I'll, I'll let my understanding of that truth cause my heart to rejoice. And, and I'll let the joy in my heart uh, compel me to worship him and, and to praise him. That's how that works. See the truth appreciate the truth, uh, be rejoiced, and then praise God uh, for these truths. Let's go on here uh, in verse 2 here. Uh, this is uh, no doubt picturing the corporate worship that God desired there at the uh, tabernacle at this time. The Bible says um, here, verse 2, take a psalm. A psalm is a song, right, literally. Uh, take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel. This be a percussion instrument. Uh, bear in mind that the Bible does not teach or preach against the use of percussion instruments. We're, we're careful with drums today because we understand they, they tend to be used in a way that's not spiritually healthy, but certainly there's nothing in the Bible that prevents the use of percussion instruments. Take a psalm and bring uh, hither the timbrel. Uh, and the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Uh, psaltery would be a stringed instrument. Uh, harp is a stringed instrument also. But I want you to look at that word. What's that word that comes right before harp there? That, that P word. What is it? What is it? Pleasant. Uh, pleasant. That, that word has the idea of, it has the idea of uh, sweet uh, or beautiful. It could be translated sweet uh, or, or beautiful. And Steve, I look at that and I say, sure enough, the Lord wants music to accompany corporate worship uh, that is not worldly, that is not sensual, that you know, doesn't provoke us to get up and, and dance around in a sensual way, but, but that is sweet and beautiful and is befitting the fact you have a God who is holy, holy, holy. Amen? He's holy, holy, holy. Uh, there's a style of music, and a, a sweet music, a beautiful music, a pleasant music that is appropriate for worship and that pleases God. And, you know, we, we aim for that here in our church. We've tried to exclude things that we don't fit, uh, don't believe would, would fit what God has revealed that he desires in, in a verse like this or or that might, might provoke, uh, you know, the, the idea, oh, I'm here to be entertained or uh, something like that. God desires his corporate worship, corporate worship of him uh, to be accompanied by uh, beautiful, sweet music uh, that uh, is pleasing to uh, him. Uh, do you like music? You've, if you read our emails, you've seen that I've been trying recently in our emails to include a CD uh, that you could listen to online or purchase because I think, I think good music is just it's absolutely critical. Maybe not absolutely critical. Maybe I overstate that, Brother Gary, but it's a great encouragement. Uh, if, if you can have a library of, of just really good quality Christian music that's godly and Christ-honoring, uh, that'll be a great encouragement to you. I listen to my music a lot. I encourage you to have good music. Uh, you don't have to like exactly what I like, but I, I've asked the Lord to give me a heart for music that is uh, spiritually healthy. Hear that again, please. I had to do that. Mike, I think we've talked about that. I think we've talked about that too. Uh, when I was a younger person, my music was not spiritually healthy. Amen? Could it, would anyone else confess that? My music was just not spiritually healthy at all. It was, it was worldly. It was sensual. It was just not good at all. And uh, as I got more convicted about that, Brother Steve, 
Uh, I, I took up like Christian rock music and just, you know, all, all the worst. Maybe it was a half a step better, but only that. And as I got more convicted about that, uh, I, I just had to pray, God, give me a I don't necessarily like what people are telling me is, is good for me. So just change my heart, like rewire my brain, Lord. Change my heart. Give me a heart for what is good in your eyes and, and, and healthy for me uh, and that will encourage my growth. And you know what? God did that. God did that. Praise God. He, he can do that for you too. Uh, if, if, he had, if, if you've not really dealt with that issue, uh, God can do that. And so uh, I encourage you to take a listen to some of the music that we've included in these emails and uh, you know, try to have a library of good Christian music. It's hard to find it on the radio. Uh, I don't find it on Sirius XM, not, not, not as good as it could be at least. Uh, but there's, there is a lot of good music out there, and, and we can have it. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel and the, the pleasant harp, beautiful, uh, sweet music uh, with the psaltery. God is encouraged and pleased by our singing with joy and, and a beautiful music uh, to accompany that. Rich, I appreciate your music so much. I appreciate your faithfulness to be here and, and to be part of uh, the music that we know God desires in our corporate worship. Um, I've joked recently more than once that it annoys me that he doesn't have to practice. He just plays. That annoys me, Gary. I'm teasing you, brother. Look here in verse 3. Uh, the Lord prescribed uh, worshiping him with holy music for certain holy days. Now, this would be part of the Old Testament law, these particular days. Uh, we know that uh, when Christ came and fulfilled uh, the law, that the, the, the need to observe certain days, new moons, first of the month, things like that, was, it was fulfilled and, and God's people were liberated from the obligation to, to do that. Of course, we're still called to worship, join together and worship on the first day. But uh, all of these other special days, holy days, uh, of the old covenant have gone away. But when the psalmist wrote, that wasn't the case. So you see a verse like, like verse three, uh, blow upon the trumpet. Marilyn, this is the shofar, right? Uh, the ram's horn. Uh, I think you have one, right? I think we tried to blow on it one day. <laughs> blow upon the trumpet, the shofar. In uh, all these days that the people were called on by the Lord to come together for special days of worship in the new moon, that would be the beginning of each month, uh, in the time appointed as, as on Passover, uh, you know, Succoth, uh, the Day of Atonement, uh, these, these different days that were, were uh, special days the Lord called the people to observe in the Old Testament. Verse 4 says this, For this uh, was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. Sure enough, throughout the Old Testament, there were all kinds of days uh, in addition to the Sabbath day that God called people together. Uh, and when they came together, he desired that they would worship him. It wasn't just a celebration uh, or a time of them to be entertained or anything like that, but to worship the Lord and, uh, and to be faithful, uh, to be present and to be worshiping the way God desired on the days that he desired. Uh, today, it's, it, it's Sunday, and we, we praise God that we can know he's revealed that to us. We're here Wednesdays also. We, we see value and benefit and, and not letting a whole week go by before we come back together. God has not necessarily required that, but we think that's a healthy thing, and so we, uh, we continue to do that. So uh, the Lord is, Brother Ray Metric, the Lord is um, prescribing worship. 
uh, joyful worship, uh, celebrating him from the heart, using our mouths uh, in song with beautiful music that's uh, at least implied that it's holy and righteous. And he goes on uh, beginning in verse five here uh, and just begins to, to remind the people of some of the reasons uh, that he's worthy of worship. I wonder if I called on you right now, hey, could you think of a, a reason that God is worthy uh, of worship? Could you come up with something? Does, does something come to mind? Uh, Zach is shaking his head, so I am gonna call on him. What, what's one of the reasons that your God is worthy of being worshiped as he desires tonight? He spoke the world into existence. His words are powerful. You're going ooh, ooh, ah, ah, up there. You have one too. Go ahead. He saved us. God the Father sent his only begotten son. God the Son was obedient to the plan of the Father. Uh, endured all that suffering so that we would not have to. Uh, Lord, thank you so much. There's just reason after reason after reason. Well, here the Lord's dealing with uh, Old Testament audience that uh, he, he's looking back into their history uh, in reminding them how he has worked uh, in their lives individually, in their nation corporately, uh, how, how God has worked and, and revealed himself to be a faithful provider and protector and all the things, excuse me, that they have known God to be. Look at verse 9. This he ordained uh, in Joseph for a testimony. We know Joseph experienced great trial, but ultimately was used greatly of God in Egypt. Uh, when he went out through uh, the land of Egypt, uh, where I, uh, probably the eye the here is Israel, heard a language that I understood not. So God used Joseph greatly in Egypt. We understand that uh, for a time. Then there's new Pharaoh and uh, the people were uh, not treated well after that. And uh, we understand that, that went on for a period of time. The people, uh, all, all of the people, suffered a great trial uh, there in, in, uh, throughout the land of Egypt. And uh, they called out the Lord. We understand that God used Moses to, to bring them out of Egypt and uh, into the wilderness. See, see here, verse 6. I think this is the point at which the eye becomes the Lord. God is speaking now very clearly in verse 6. Uh, verse 6, the Lord says, I... Uh, removed his shoulder from the bird. Remember, people had been um, essentially pressed into slavery uh, in Egypt, uh, probably employed in the construction of pyramids. I don't know if we can know that for sure, but probably. Uh, the Lord says, I removed uh, his shoulder or, or their shoulders from the burden of all the labor that they had been pressed into. Uh, his hands, uh, the hands of people, uh, were delivered from the pots. Uh, verse 7, uh, thou callest in trouble. So God is speaking. He says, you know what? I, I heard the cry of the people to me in Egypt during that uh, difficult time. God says, thou callest in trouble, and I, verse 7, were the next two words. God said, I what? That Zach, were the next two words? God says, thou callest in trouble, and I what? He said, I delivered thee. I, I brought you out of uh, the, the trial of, of having essentially been enslaved uh, at that point. Uh, he used Moses to bring the people out. We understand that. But it was God uh, who did that. God accomplished that. And you remember the miraculous way that, that God did that. And uh, we studied through Exodus, I guess it was back uh, 2018 uh, and 19. I think that would be the case at least. 
uh, the Lord says, you called in trouble. You, you, you cried out to me in the trial of that time in Egypt, and I delivered you uh, out of that place. Rich, I look at a verse like that, and I say, okay, what, what have I cried out to Lord, the Lord regarding? What, what trial have I known that I cried out to the Lord, and sure enough, he delivered me out of that trial? Do you have one? Do you have a time? You know, I'm not going to call on you unless you, you go, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> Maybe I will. But can, can you think about a time where you're going through a really significant trial, and, and you just cried out to the Lord, and, and, and he brought you through that. He delivered you uh, from the difficulty of that. Uh, the implication here in, um, in context is that uh, the people uh, to whom this psalm was for uh, in, in, in this day, uh, in Asaph's day, uh, they, they were to think about how, how God worked in Egypt and, and praise the Lord for that. Uh, that. To think about what God had done for the, the people corporately for the nation, uh, to rejoice in their hearts at what God had done for them uh, in their past and to let that, that gratitude uh, encourage a joy that encouraged them uh, to worship aloud with, with joy in their hearts uh, as they consider what God had done for them. Listen, we, we do well to do the same thing. Not hard to apply this, right? Uh, ask the Lord to maybe bring some things to mind. Maybe on Saturday night you can stop and think, Lord, uh, pray, uh, Lord, prepare my heart for uh, worship on Sunday morning and Sunday, Sunday evening. Uh, God, help me to come in, yes, with uh, humility before you in your special presence, but also with a joy uh, at the gratitude for all that you've done for me uh, in my life. And just ask the Lord maybe to impress some things upon your, your mind, your memory, uh, some things that he's done for you that you can be grateful for and rejoice over, and, and then come in on Sunday morning and make a joyful noise because... Uh, you've done some business with God, and, and there's some gratitude uh, and some joy in your heart. Uh, look at the next part of verse 7. He, here we see the idea the Lord was worthy to be praised because uh, although they were in the wilderness and experiencing trials in the wilderness, God was with them, right? Wasn't he with them the whole time? By the way, was he with them visibly? Was he with them visibly in the wilderness? Scholars? <laughs> he was, right? Um, by night as a, a pillar of fire. And, uh, you know, he, he was visibly present with them. And they uh, uh, erected the tabernacle and uh, pitched their camp, a massive camp, uh, arrayed around the tabernacle as God had instructed them to. Uh, his, his presence would come in, in a visible way uh, and remain there. And, and just an amazing uh, reminder, visual reminder of, of the presence of God uh, in their lives. That's something to be thankful for. Now listen, I understand, Zach, that, that God is not, uh, does, does not visually demonstrate his presence today uh, as a cloud or as a pillar of fire the way he did at this time in the wilderness, but is he still just as present today as he was then? Is he? Is he? Is he any less present where his people assemble together today versus when they were camped around the tabernacle in the world? He's, he's no less present today. Uh, are you thankful for the presence of God in your life? Uh, did Jesus promise Paul that he would never leave him nor forsake him? 
Did he? Is that a promise for us as well? Well, think it is. I don't know why else it would be in scripture because it's for God's people today also. Uh, are you grateful for the Lord's presence, for his promise that he'll never leave us, that he'll never forsake us? Are you grateful for his presence in your life? Are you grateful for it? Sometimes you gotta say, Lord, help me be more grateful for that. Lord, I know I should be more grateful for your promise to be present in my life. Uh, I'm not sure I'm as grateful as I, Lord, help me to be uh, thankful for your presence in my life. And, and God, give me a joy uh, at your promise to be present in my life. And you just keep on praying things that we've seen here tonight. Uh, God, God, help me to be grateful. Help me to see your presence. Help me to be grateful for that. Uh, Lord, encourage a joy in my heart. And, and Lord, as, as that joy wells up in my heart, I pray that when I come into church on, on Sunday and Wednesday, they would just come out of my mouth as joyful worship, joyful worship. Uh, there in verse seven, middle, next part of verse seven, I guess, the Lord says, I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. Mike, as I was considering this verse, this, I had to stop and kind of think about that. What place is that? And I had to stop and think, well, okay, where, 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 where are they talking about here? We, we were in uh, Egypt, verse 5, and the Lord delivering them from Egypt, first part of verse 7. And then the Lord saying, he answered them as they called out in the secret place of thunder. Was there a place as the people were in the wilderness where the Lord's presence was accompanied by thunder? By the way, thunder and lightning both, right? Uh, was there a place? Scholars, Mount Sinai, right? Uh, if you want to turn to Exodus 19, go there real fast. Let's see it. It's too good not to see it again, right? I, I think it was 2018 we studied through Exodus on uh, Sunday nights. We've been just kind of making our way through the Old Testament. We are making progress too, amen? We're making progress. Uh, this year, I, I keep track, this year we're, I think tonight we're through 97 different um, chapters of scripture. Um, so if you've, if you've been uh, present for most of our services, you know, you've, you've, we've, we've gone through, we've studied through more than 90 chapters of scripture together. Uh, here in Exodus 19, <laughs> verse 17, uh, here's the scene. Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood uh, at the nether part of the mount. This is Mount Sinai, Brother Gary. Uh, I know that for sure. Verse 18 says it. Verse 18, and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, uh, and the whole mount quaked greatly and when the voice of the trumpet sounded long uh, and waxed louder no doubt like a trumpet Moses spake and God answered him uh, by a voice praise God can you even imagine what that must have been like uh, to be in the the visible audible uh, presence of God it, it was it's just you read the verses and it's uh, it's an appropriate use of the word awesome, Brother Art. That, that's an awesome scene that God allowed those people to experience. Um, are we going to come into the visible, audible presence of God? Is, is that going to be our privilege in the future? Uh, it is in the future, amen. I mean, we're going to come in the Lord's presence uh, at the rapture, certainly, uh, at the judgment seat of Christ, certainly, uh, throughout the millennium, I, I think we'll enjoy that privilege. Brother Steve, I don't think it'll be 
one bit less awesome than what the pe people experienced at Mount Sinai in the wilderness. Uh, we will experience the presence of the resurrected Christ, his resurrection body. I mean, just it, you've, you've seen the description in, in Revelation. We're due to study through Revelation again also. Gary, pray about that. Pastor's timing for that. Uh, we're, we're due for that. I think that was 2016 we last looked at, uh, studied through the book of Revelation. Uh, it, it, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, the Lord was worthy to be praised. This is all about encouraging their, their, their praise, praising him with joyful song uh, because of his presence with them, his awesome presence with them uh, in the wilderness. The Lord has promised tonight that he's present in a special way with us tonight. I can't see him. There's no smoke. There's no thunder. But I know he's no less present here tonight than he was there uh, on Sinai. He's present in a special way when his assemblies meet together. Uh, Lord, give us gratitude. Help us to appreciate the awesome privilege uh, that is. Encourage joy in our hearts and, and give us hearts, Lord, to uh, to worship you with that same joy. Uh, look at the next part of verse um, seven. The Lord was worthy to be praised here because uh, he proved himself to them in the wilderness. And by the way, he did that graciously despite their, their complaining. Next part of verse seven says, uh, I proved thee, uh, you remember this, at the waters of, what is it? Meribah. Remember that, that word Meribah, strife or something like that? A Hebrew word meaning strife. Uh, you remember the people had complained, right, about the water, and um, uh, are you still, do you still have your fingers in Exodus? Are you still there? Go back there real fast. Go, go back there real fast. Uh, Exodus 17, Exodus 17. Uh, the Lord proved himself to the people. <laughs> he, he tested them and, and proved himself gracious and faithful to them uh, despite their complaining, despite their ingratitude uh, and their complaining. Exodus 17, verse 4, Moses cried to the Lord saying, what shall I do unto this people? They'd be almost ready to stone me. Uh, they're, they're complaining, there's no water, Lord. Uh, and the Lord said unto Moses, go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before, uh, before thee there upon the rock in Horeb and thou shalt smite the rock and there shall water come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. I'm sure they were impressed. <laughs> They should have been. And he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah, strife, uh, because of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord uh, among us or not? I asked you a question this morning. Who do you say he is? And we know who he is. I'll ask you this tonight. Is he among us or not? Is he present? Is he present? Yes, he is. Is he present in your life? Yes, he is. Uh, do you remember that day in and day out? Does it, are you thankful for that? Do you, do you allow that to encourage a joy in your heart? And, and do you allow that joy to come out in your, in your worship uh, of him? Oh, Lord, help us, please, to uh, remember, remember these things uh, in your, your presence in our life today. Uh, he, verse 8, we'll go just a little bit further here. I don't, think we'll, I don't think we'll necessarily go all the way through here tonight, but go a little bit further here. Verse 8, he says, Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee 
O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me, uh, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. Two, two of the commandments here. Verse 10, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, uh, and I will fill it. Now, <laughs> in verse 10, it sounds like just you know, if they would cry out to the Lord, uh, he, he would bless them. It sounds like that language might be understood that way, but uh, Zach, the context, the context here is open your mouth and sing, right? So this is a, this is a place where keeping in mind the context of, of the passage really does help us to understand what the Lord uh, is, is likely intending to communicate here. Uh, I'm the Lord thy God, which brought the out. He's saying to the Jewish people in, in that day, remember that. Uh, remember that. Uh, open your mouth uh, to worship, and, and I, will, I will fill your heart and your mouth uh, with worship. Mike, sometimes we need to pray something like that. Uh, God, I'm, I'm going to be obedient to come to church uh, and to worship you. And Lord, I'm going to be obedient uh, to open my mouth and, and worship you. But Lord, I really need you to fill my heart with that gratitude and that joy uh, and, and to fill my mouth with the song that you desire me to worship you with. Sometimes, let's be honest, you just need to pray that. God, my heart is to obey you, but, but I struggle to worship you the way that, that you desire. And so, Lord, I'm just going to ask you, as I come in obedience that's fueled by you, uh, Lord, I'm, I'm going to open my mouth in obedience that's fueled by you and ask you to fuel that joy uh, in, in that worship, that it will come forth with whatever you desire. Uh, in, in my heart, that joy, that gratitude, that worship. Now, there may also be implied here a, a picture of blessings for obedience uh, to do that. But again, in, in context, I think it's the Lord will work if we will just uh, present ourselves and say, here I am, Lord, uh, here I am ready to worship you. Uh, we've read the balance, we've read the balance of the Psalm here. Uh, the Lord looks back at a time when, when people uh, did not choose to obey him in this regard. And uh, he talks about his heart that people would choose to obey him in these things. Look at verse 13. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, uh, and Israel had walked in my ways. God's heart is that his people uh, would, uh, their hearts would be near him, uh, and their hearts would be to obey him and to worship as he's uh, commanding them, asking them to, but yes, commanding them to, uh, technically, literally, this is his desire that people would obey. Uh, and it's his desire to bless people who would do that. Here's where I think the, uh, the blessings uh, for obedience come out more literally. Maybe it's implied in verse 10, but uh, more, more literally in verse 14, the Lord just starts um, reminding that if his people would be obedient to worship the way he called, he would bless. He would bless. Verse 14, I, I should uh, uh, soon or, or would soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adverse, ad, there we go, adversaries, Brother Steve. Uh, you know, if people would just worship, if, if they just worship me uh, the way I desire, uh, I would bless them. Victories is, is one way. We've seen David know victories from the Lord uh, as a blessing. 
He talks in verse 15, the haters of the Lord. Uh, he has a heart even to bless those who uh, maybe at some point in their past, not only were they not worshiping the Lord, but their, their heart was filled with, with hatred at him. Uh, but the Lord's desire is that those, he loves those who hate him. Isn't that an amazing thing? He, he has a desire that those that hate him would come to know him and come to know his love and, and love him back uh, in, in humble, worshipful, joyful uh, worship. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto me, but their time should have endured forever. Uh, he should have fed them also, or would have, uh, with the finest of wheat. There's blessings for coming to him and, and in context, worshiping obediently. Uh, with honey out of the rock. I don't, Gary, I don't think honey normally comes from a rock. Uh, maybe a picture here of, of Moses and, and the rock. With honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Can the Lord supernaturally bless you when you just say, Lord, here I am. Give me a heart to worship you the way you desire to be worshiped. God, fill my heart with gratitude as I think about, as I meditate on what you've done for me in my life. God, help, help me to do that. Remind me of those things that you would have me to be grateful for. Fill my heart with joy at, at that gratitude. And, and Lord, as I open my mouth to worship you, bring forth that gratitude and that joy uh, in, in wonderful worship that pleases you. Can God supernaturally bless a people that would do just that? Can he? I believe the implication here at the end of the chapter is he does. <laughs> he will. Brother Ray, even for people who at a time in the past hated him. By the way, can someone who hates God today, at, in this moment right now, be saved and come to worship him the way he's describing in this psalm? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the gospel message is, is what makes that possible. I have no doubt I've spoken to people on the street uh, in the last year even who, who hate the Lord. I can think of one gentleman in particular. He's just filled with, with hatred and, and anger. Uh, you could just look upon him and, and see that. Also know that if there ever comes a day when he will stop and listen to the gospel, Brother Art, he can be saved and changed and come to worship the Lord with gratitude and joy and no blessings from the Lord for that. Is there anyone who can't be saved? We're not Calvinists. We believe the Lord desires that all, all would come uh, to him. And uh, praise God for that. Uh, praise God for that. Lord, give us hearts filled with gratitude. And let that gratitude uh, engender a joy. And let that joy come forth in our worship. Zach, are we going to sing once more before we're done tonight? Before we close tonight, we're saying, right? I know we're going to celebrate Lord's Supper, but we're going to sing before we're done here tonight, right? Maybe, maybe there'll be some joy tonight. Maybe. I'm going to pray and um, give you a moment to do uh, business with the Lord as he lays, whatever he lays upon your heart. Uh, we are going to observe Lord's Supper tonight, as he calls us to, joyfully and thankfully. And uh, we'll close with... Uh, joyful thankful song i can't remember what it is but that's where our hearts are going to be right because we're going to ask the lord for that father thank you lord tonight for this psalm lord thank you tonight for uh, the reminder that you are so very active in our lives uh, you've saved us and so much more lord you work in our lives you you provide for us you 
you heal, you, you protect, you work supernaturally as, as you see fit. Uh, Lord, you've grown us through trials. Uh, Lord, certainly in this, these past two years, you've, you've grown us as a people and as in individuals uh, through trials. Lord, you're at work in our, in our individual lives and certainly you're at work in our church. Lord, we, we marvel at the visitors that you've brought in, in recent weeks and that they're, they're all returning. And uh, Lord, we know tonight that, that we've not had anything to do with that, any part in that other than praying for them. Lord, you are the one who has answered our prayers and uh, we thank you. We, we, we pray and thank you tonight for that. We are encouraged. Uh, Lord, we thank you. Father, I, I pray tonight that if we have not chosen to see you at work in our lives, if we have not chosen uh, to be thankful for how you are at work in our lives, Lord, if there's not been a joy in part because we're not choosing to see you at work and we're not choosing to be thankful, uh, Lord, show us that tonight. Convict us of that. Give us hearts to confess that. And Lord, uh, to choose to see you at work and to be thankful, to tell you thankful, tell you thank you even now. Uh, Lord, I pray as we do that you'd place a joy into our hearts and Lord, a joy that would be pleasing to you as we worship you. Lord, as we come tonight uh, to your table, <laughs> we're certainly reminded that we have many reasons to be thankful. Uh, Lord, most certainly, most certainly, um, the fact that you have sent your only begotten son uh, to die in our place. Father, I thank you tonight for the certainty of my salvation in Christ. Lord, I thank you tonight for the certainty of Christ's presence in my life, even now. Lord, thank you tonight for the sanctifying presence of the Spirit of God in my life, even now, made possible by uh, your only begotten Son and, and the cross that, that he chose. Lord, thank you that uh, tonight our salvation is, is secure. Uh, it's certain. It cannot be lost. It's sealed by the Spirit of God. That's made possible uh, because of Christ. Lord, thank you for all of these wonderful truths. Uh, help us to take a moment tonight to be thankful and to rejoice in these truths. Father, I understand tonight you've called us to examine ourselves that we might come worthily tonight. I understand uh, tonight that includes examining our relationships with one another. Uh, Lord, if there's a relationship issue in, in, our, uh, in the body, I pray you, you lay that upon our hearts tonight. Give us hearts to... Uh, confess that tonight also that we might come uh, worthily uh, to, uh, to the table tonight, Lord, um, remembering, commemorating, uh, picturing what has been accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ for us at the cross of Calvary. Lord, thank you. Give you a moment to pray and um, we'll close in just one moment.
Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to pray, for the certainty that you hear, that you answer, that you bless in our confession, our repentance. Thank you for the privilege tonight to remember what has been accomplished for us at the cross. Father, I understand tonight, it's only because of that that I have the privilege to come to you boldly in prayer, to know you, and the great hope that we know tonight. Lord, thank you. Father, I love you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask the men to come at this time.